Hello and welcome to the return of the Football in Focus podcast. I'm former Russian Diamonds midfielder Andy Burgess and I'm delighted to say, as ever, I'm joined by the man himself from across that big pool of water that they call the Atlantic Ocean, the one and only Mr. Harry Jennings III. How are, how are, uh, hi Harry, how are you doing? Uh, doing well today. Uh, rainy, uh, rainy day in Washington and it's uh, finally uh, fall has come to, uh, uh, autumn has come to uh, uh, this part of the North America. Uh, long awaited as we've had a uh, hellishly hot summer. Uh, good news for Wayne Rooney then, his, his head won't be getting burnt. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was, uh, I was uh, worried about him when he uh, came over because the, uh, the first two weeks he was here were both, they were two of the three hottest weeks of the summer and I was wondering, uh, wondering how he was doing. Wow. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chat more about Wayne Rooney later on. Um, the no- new format in Football in Focus will see us uh, have four in focus each week when we pick four of the hottest topics in football and discuss them as best we can. Um, to start, I've got a couple of shout-outs. Firstly, to Tom Lewis, who became the first player to win golf's Portuguese Masters twice uh, in Vinamora yesterday. So, well done to, to Tom, a former uh, football um player of mine when he was back in uh, in Welling Pegasus when he was 13, 14 years old. Um, gone on to do great things with the golf club, um, as was always expected. Um, and a and a shout out to uh, to Leanne Sanderson as well, who scored on uh, her Serie A debut for Juventus in their 6-0 defeat of Kievo at the weekend. Um, so well done, Leanne. Good to see you finding your feet in Turin. Um, anyway, down to business, Harry. Um, first topic of the uh, of the of the first podcast will be uh, Manchester United. I don't know, winger, striker, misfit, Alexis Sanchez. Um, what's your thoughts on the uh, on the former Arsenal man? Well, uh, I, I thought he was uh, a bit of a bargain. I saw that they were paying him uh, uh, three pounds ninety one a week, uh, <laughs> and then I realized the the decimal was in the wrong place, and it's actually three hundred ninety one thousand pounds a week. And I think that might be a little over the odds right now. Just a, just slightly. Um, it, uh, it's a sad situation, and seems sort of indicative of where Manchester United are currently as a squad, as a team, and as a club. Um, that, that Alexis Sanchez has gone there, who's a player who at Barcelona and at Arsenal have, has, has, has averaged just, I think, just under a, a goal every other game um, has been the focal point, especially at Arsenal. He was such a big player um, in their Premier League, uh, in their Premier League squad. Although, you know, it wasn't a case of they were they were fighting for Premier League or Champions League titles. They were, you know, they were a, a competitive squad, and he was also always such a, an important member of them. But he's gone to United. And it simply just doesn't look like he's a good fit. No, it, it doesn't. He really, um, uh, he, I, I, my feeling about uh, Sanchez is that he's always been very much a confidence player. And when, uh, when, he, when he has his tail up, uh, and saw this at Barcelona, he was, uh, or uh, all the way back to, uh, uh, I want to say Udinese, uh, or Kiev, I can't remember uh, where he played before yeah, Barcelona. What uh, when he was in uh, when he was in Italy, same thing that he uh, uh, when he he looked like he was going to play, he was almost unplayable. But then at uh, uh, at Arsenal, uh, it really seemed like he was uh, uh, losing his way, and I think was very put off by the lack of ambition at the uh, at the club. Uh, the the notion of uh, we're always going to be fourth is uh, a little disappointing to a player of his stature. But he has not fit in at uh, Man United, and I don't think that he has any faith in Mourinho, and Mourinho has no faith in him. So uh, uh, he's now got himself stuck. Uh, he's on almost 400000 a week. Who's going to pay those wages, or is he going to have to take you know, a third of his weekly wage to go elsewhere and uh, restart his career? Because uh, he pretty much has one chance to do that. He's 29 years old. He's not – He's, you know, not really past his prime, but he doesn't have prime years ahead of him. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a funny one. He had three years at Barcelona. Um, he didn't play all the time. wasn't wasn't always a, a guaranteed starter. But when he when he played, as I say, I think he scored thirty nine goals in eighty eight appearances. So an unbelievable return. Mm-hmm. He's, he's gone to Arsenal and. Uh, is that his level, do you think? Is he a player who can go and win Premier League titles? Now, there was obviously lots and lots of talk of him going to Manchester City. 
I think the, the, the line that came out of City when he went to United was they weren't prepared to pay him all that money. Uh, personally, I think he, he would have been a... a I think he would have been a good fall for Aguero. I think he's similar type of player to Aguero. He's been played wide at United. You know, he's a goal scorer. He's proven that, you know, in his return at Barca, Arsenal, Udinese, as you say, for Chile. He's their all-time leading goal scorer. I know that's, you know, I wouldn't say it's not difficult, but it's, he doesn't have a lot to go against. But he's still got to put the ball in the back of the net. He is a goal scorer. Why not play him in goal-scoring positions now? United, Lukaku seems to be the you know the the one player who who is the focal point is is the one that that Mourinho goes to through thick and through thin, you know, and he doesn't he hasn't really given the opportunities at all for the likes of Sanchez, the Martial, Rashford to play through the middle, you know, I think that's impacting massively upon players, and and, and probably Sanchez looks at it and says, okay. I'm not the main man here. I'm playing, you know, in a position which perhaps isn't my favourite. I want to be through the middle, but he, he, nobody can seem to dislodge or, or or sway Mourinho away from from uh, from Romelu Lukaku. Uh, yeah, and I think that the that again we we get into management questions there because uh, you know what is is Sanchez a winger? Is he uh, uh, is he a uh, a centre forward? And at uh, at Barcelona. Uh, there was, you know, where did he play? Well, played wherever Messi wasn't. So if Messi would go down the middle, he would go out into the half wing. If Messi would come out into the half wing, he might go onto the full wing, he might go in the middle. And Barcelona had that fluidity that really seemed to benefit Sanchez. And and to be fair, when, I, you know, Arsene Wenger pretty much let him go where he wanted to go. And he tends to want to start not necessarily on the full wing, but at least out on the half wing and, and move to the inside. And that's not the way Mourinho wants him to play. And uh, Martial has adapted to that much better, uh, I think, than, uh, uh, than Sanchez. But honestly, I still think Alexis Sanchez is a better player. I think he's one of the best players in the, uh, in the world. Um, and I think if you put uh, Mohamed Salah in the, that position that Mourinho is asking Sanchez, Salah would be, I think he'd be bang average. But uh-huh. that type of outside to in, uh, you know, as, as Klopp has demonstrated, uh, Salah can be devastating. And I think that, that Sanchez can be the same way. So, do you, what do you think? What do you think? You know, there there has to be something to give. I think you know, if we look at the bigger picture, the Man United picture, they're obviously had another stuttery start to the season under Jose. Uh, is it is it a case of the managers on borrowed time there? Do you think he's got to go for Sanchez to realise his his proper full worth at United and, and maybe fit into a different system? Do you think United will get rid of of Jose? It's, it just seems to me United looks looks full of uncertainty and and doesn't look a happy place at the moment. Uh, yeah, it it really seems to be uh, uh, that Mourinho is doing just enough to uh, to to keep Ed Woodward from flying over and bringing the dump truck full of money that he would have to uh, that he'd have to drop on uh, Mourinho's doorstep to uh, uh, get him out of his contract. Um, but they're not really doing much more than that. And, uh, and again, with Sanchez's wages, does, you know, is he able to go somewhere in January? I just don't, I just don't see that happening. And I don't see, I don't see United letting him go on a loan where they're contributing to his salary. So, uh, I'm, I, I don't see an easy way out. Uh, I, I, you know, we've talked about managers having to have faith in players and players having faith in managers. And right now you just really don't see it. Uh, so uh, maybe Manchester United because, can turn thing around, but I'm not seeing it right now. As you say, you know, the, the type of club that's going to be able to afford his wages are only the types of, of, of clubs like Real Madrid or Barcelona who aren't going to take him in, in current form and or uh, the likes of someone like a Chinese club or, or even, a, you know, an American club that, that just, you know, would 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 want to take over that kind of money and would have the ability to take over that kind of money. Um, and, I do, and, and, and like you, I don't I don't see it happening anytime soon. I think it will be there for the foreseeable. Um, and I just feel there are, are big 
changes needed at United. I'm a, I'm a Jose fan. I, I like Jose Mourinho. I, I think he's got... I can understand why people don't like him, but I think he is Marmite. Um, I either like him or, or don't like him. And, and I, you know, I, what he's achieved has been phenomenal at different football clubs and under under different pressures and, and under different um, under scrutiny, if you like, uh, and going to the, the clubs like Inter Milan and, and winning you know Champions League titles and things. I think he's he's done not done that by fluke. You know, Porto, you know, Chelsea. Uh, uh, as I say, into Milan, Real Madrid. Um, you know, you, and you don't become a bad manager undernight. I just feel that something's not right. Um, what that is, I don't know. But it's, uh, it's it, it, I think he has to play Sanchez through the middle. But I don't think he will. I think he, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's focused on Lukaku being that focal point. And fair enough, Lukaku scores goals and. And, and got a good return last season, um, but he needs to find a formula, doesn't he? He needs to find a recipe that that can make it work. Yeah, and right now I don't uh, uh, I don't see it for for Sanchez, and I don't see it for uh, for men for Manchester United. Uh, it seems like they have a lot of parts and pieces that are that are playing less than the sum of their uh, some of their parts right now. Absolutely. Um, we, as we say, the next next few months, if Manchester United can turn a corner, then, um, talk about in, uh, in a little bit of um, transition. Uh, um, a difficult part time at the moment. Um, going on to part two um, of our first segment is um, is Everton football. Um, Sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's such a difficult one with Everton. I, you know, I live, I live a mile down the road from the football club. Um, there are such, such a well-supported club, such a club with a his, such a great history, um, and and are ingrained in the in, in the folklore of, of British football. Um, and, and I think when you talk about sleeping giants, I do believe Everton Football Club is one. Um, they've had I can't remember I heard a, I heard a, a stat about their top 10 finishes in the last 12 years I think it's something like 10 top 10 finishes in the last 12 years which is a, isn't a bad return for a club who hasn't had you know, before perhaps the last couple of seasons major backing from uh, an investment um, but they just seem to be I don't know, in a in a transitional period, I look at their team at the minute and I'm scratching my head at certain things. What's your take on on, on Everton at the moment, Harry? Yeah, they, they really seem to be a, uh, a club that's, that's searching for their identity. Um, that uh, uh, Ken Wright, um, over the years, uh, Bill Ken Wright, the chairman of the club, when he was uh, still basically had majority ownership, was given a lot of criticism for uh for not for not bringing in uh uh qataris or emiratis or americans as investors and in, in dumping money into the football club and uh watching what's happened with some of the uh, some of the other uh, other clubs uh uh probably most infamously uh bolton <clears throat> um with uh, with what's ha- or, and and with Leeds uh, with uh, with foreign ownership, it suddenly seemed uh, Bill Kenwright's preserved the club. But now that they do have the the ownership, and Kenwright's gotten the type of of owners in that he wanted to do uh, that he wanted to have, well, okay, now we have the money to 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 play to play football at the top at the sharp end of the league, and they they don't really seem to have any identity of, or, or idea of what, what, you know, what they're, what they're doing when, you know, you and I talked last uh, August, I guess it was uh, right at the beginning of the season. And uh, with the, uh, the signing of Pickford with Komen in, it was like, okay, this is, this is a club that we, you know, we were really thinking, you know, they could go somewhere and the wheels absolutely fell off. Uh, and they brought in Sam Allardyce and uh it really seemed like Everton didn't like Sam and Sam didn't like Everton, but by damn, they were in the relegation zone when he got there. When he walked out the door, they finished eighth in the league. 
but that's what Sam Allardyce does is eighth in the league. You know, he, he makes things happen. He gets you mid table. That's in a, and it's a, you know, he does, he does a great job at that, but now Marcus, uh, and then Silva's come in and, um, I don't see if I don't see any sort of notion of what we're trying to do as a football club. I uh, I can see it with Emery's Arsenal. Uh, I don't think they're doing it. I can I can see it with Sarri's Chelsea. And even though Chelsea's gotten the results, I think they're still far from the finished product. But I don't see an identity with uh, with Silva's uh, uh, and and also just looking at the transfers that he's brought in with. Uh, you know, paying tremendous amounts of money for uh, uh, Brie Carlson and uh, and Yerry Mina. Um, I I don't I don't know what it, I don't know what he's thinking, and they they do seem to be adrift right now. Yeah, um, I mean, I know you know I know a lot of of, of Blues fans. Um, some are really scratching their heads behind the appointment. I mean, this is a guy who, who certainly didn't pull up too many trees at, at Hull City and at Watford. You know, we're not talking about a guy who came into a, an Arsenal or a Tottenham or, a, you know, for want of a better word, a, a big club in England um, and failed. He came into a small, two smaller clubs in England um, and, and didn't, do, didn't do particularly well. It seems to me an odd appointment. It seems to me, you know, someone that they highlighted early that they wanted and couldn't get out of Watford. Um, he then got the sack from Watford. A lot of people said that was sort of a byproduct of the uh, the, the sort of courting from 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 Everton. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of Everton fans are sort of scratching their head and saying, "Well, why is this guy when we've got the, the financial clout now to go and get?" I wouldn't say any manager in the world, but going the financial clout to go and attract a real sort of um, what I'm looking for a, a a manager who has has done done something in 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 the top flight of a of a top league. Um, that they've gone for somebody who's who's really not done much at all, and and I'm all for. Uh, you know, giving giving the younger managers, you know, the nod and, and giving them the opportunities. You know, he's only forty one, Marco Silva, um, and and it, and it is a good opportunity for him. But I, I just don't see, you know, how he has how he is has been pinpointed as a man who can really come in and and as you say, give the club a, a real identity and uh, and make the club um, someone who takes it to the next level. Which having had as you say, eighth place finish last season, top ten finishes, uh, top ten finishes over the past decade. A lot of them. They've got to kick on to the next level. Um, and you look at the team that they're, you know, that he's putting out now. Again, great that he's playing younger players, but the younger players have got to be good enough. And I'm, I'm not sure that that the players that are in, who are getting the, getting the shirts at the moment, are quite ready and good enough. You know, Tom Davis, captain the club at the weekend. Mm-hmm. For, for me, he's had he's, he's had one good game for them against Manchester City when he first got into the team. Um, I don't see him at the moment being a top ten Premier League footballer, um, and, I, and I just think that there's a hell of a lot of work to do at Everton Football Club to, uh, to yeah. take them on to the yeah. next level. I think they 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 do have a tremendous amount of work to do, and uh, in the spine is. Uh, uh, is lacking uh, right now. Um, I, I don't see that they have a, uh, a, a top uh, top quality goal scorer. Uh, again, no. Carlson is somebody who I mean he's he, he has a goal a game for Brazil. Fantastic. Well, he's played two <laughs> matches, but uh, you know he had two goals in two matches. But I I have no idea. I've never seen him play well. I've never seen a, a time when I thought, oh, this is a top quality footballer, much less you know, 45 million or whatever, uh, whatever Everton played. And you look at his, his record. He, uh, uh, he had a in, uh, in uh, Serie B in, uh, for uh, uh, not Atletico. And um, then he went to Fluminense. I don't even know if he played in the top flight at Fluminense. He played in the Carioca. Uh, for those of you who don't understand Brazilian football, they only play the National League about – they play about five months of the year uh, in their state leagues. 
And the state league in, in Rio is quite good. Thank you. You know, you have, you know, Flamingo won the league. Um, but uh, they, uh, but he, he wasn't playing the top teams week in and week out. At Watford, he had four goals, five goals yep, yep. in 30 matches. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I just don't, you know, he's, and he's a young player, but he's not 17. I just, oh, I yeah. just don't see, uh, and maybe, maybe Silva has a, a vision of what he wants to do and how to play, and it's just not come together yet. Uh, but you've got to beat somebody better than Rotherham uh, to, to keep that job. And that's, you know, he, they got a little lucky against Southampton, and they beat Rotherham. And that's about it. Uh, you, you know, you need a little bit more uh, uh, as we get into wintertime. Absolutely. Break glass for Allardyce, maybe. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Get, get Big Sam off of whatever beach he's on now. <laughs> uh, uh, we shall see. Again, another, uh, another, uh, another football club uh, alongside Manchester United that we will be uh, keeping a close eye on in, in the coming months and seeing if, uh, if indeed Marco Silva can turn, uh, turn a, a sleeping giant into a... Um, to a monster of a football club back uh, in the English pre- in the English Premier League. Uh, we'll be back very shortly with uh, with part two of Football in Focus. And we're back with part two of Football in Focus. Um, Part three uh, of, of tonight's show, uh, we're going to focus on world football. Uh, we're going to talk about the MLS, a bit about the Premier League, uh, and Harry's got another league that he wants to uh, wants to touch on uh, that he's been um, focusing on over the past few weeks as well. Uh, more on that a little bit later. Um, before we start, world um, best player has been announced tonight. Do you know who's got it, Harry? Uh. It- it's not Troy Deeney, is it? Close, <laughs> close. Um, not quite as glamorous as um, <laughs> as that. Um, do you know? No. No, I have. I Go haven't, on, have uh, seen the news. Have a guess. One guess. Uh, uh, I think this year uh, it's it's probably going to be um, uh, it's probably going to be Ronaldo again. Incorrect. Really. Really. Go on. I'll give you one more guess. Uh, well, let's see. If it's not Ronaldo, it's that uh, um, that little Argentinian chap's done pretty well for himself. There's uh, Messi. Incorrect. Excellent. I'll give you last uh, third time lucky. Uh, gee, if it's not to Ronaldo or Messi, I'm I'm stumped. Uh, Messi, you, Messi you, wasn't you, even you, in the top three. Really? So yeah, well, clue. actually, that's that's not a surprise. He's he is. Uh, He's had a great year, but he's a year that you could you could kind of see a normal human well not a normal <laughs> human you could see you could imagine a human playing that well uh, and most of uh, most years of the last dozen you can't really imagine that a human could play that good <laughs> go on then go on last guess uh, trying to think who had a really really good world cup um, no, yeah, I'm stopped. Gone, gone. You got it right. You had a really good World Cup. Uh, so is the uh, he's played in the Premier League. Come on, Harry. This is very much unlike you. Um, did Modric get it? Correct. Really, that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I well, obviously, I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that because I was uh, sitting here guessing. That's uh, <laughs> uh, that's yeah, that's uh, that's tremendous. I I Patrick as a uh, as a footballer and okay. and also as you know, even though um, you know he plays for for Real Madrid, who I uh, you know it's Franco's club. I really don't have a whole lot to, uh, uh, whole lot good to say or think about Real Madrid, you, you, you still see that, uh, uh, that just hard work, that, that just, you know, constant graft behind mm-hmm. what he, uh, what he does. And yet he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's an elegant player, uh, but he, he will add work. And you really saw that in the, uh, Absolutely. In the World Cup, uh, the, the leadership that he showed for uh, Croatia. And, sure. and I think 
thing with uh, with Croatia is Modric made every player that was on the pitch better. Uh, yeah. That the way he played, he got everybody. You know, he he kept the you know everybody played sort of a above their uh, above their potential he's certainly um, one who, who who leads with his performance isn't he rather than his yeah. you know his vocal vocal or organization skills if you like with his with his communication he does it all with his feet and, and with his ability and he lifts players around him mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah he was in the top three or he, he won it and uh, he was joined by Ronaldo and Mo Salah in the top three mm-hmm uh, which uh, you know had uh, uh, you know had uh, Sergio Ramos uh, not in you know intentionally injured uh, Salah, mm-hmm. which still uh, an interesting uh, thing about uh, uh, Sergio Ramos that uh, uh, somebody noted uh, that he's been ejected either twenty four or twenty six times. Can't remember. I uh, can't remember, but it's either twenty four or twenty six times in his career in uh, in La Liga. And somebody was saying, you know, that's that's disgraceful that, you know, a player of that caliber that, you know, he, he picks up red cards like that. And it's like, it's disgraceful. He's only been ejected 24, 26 <laughs> times. You know, that 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 is Franco's team at work that with, you know, if the officials weren't bent, if they weren't afraid of what would happen to them politically, you know, he'd be ejected every other game. Uh, all, that, all thoughts are yours, your own personal views here. Can I add, Harry? Nothing to yeah, do with well, any organization or or association. Yeah, well, that that <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not I'm certainly I, I'd probably be welcome in Catalonia uh, and uh, maybe uh, uh, see my cousins in Andalusia, but but uh, in Castilla, I don't think I'm going to be uh, that welcome. So. <laughs> But uh, um, but yeah, you know, had Salah not been injured uh, and uh, been able to uh, to to play at potential for uh, for Egypt, um, you know, could have been a very different uh, could have been a very different summer. Absolutely, but. absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's start stateside. Um, Inter Miami, Internacional Miami. You can say it a lot better than me with your accents, mm-hmm. but. Yep. Um, how, what, what's 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 happened over there with it? What's what's been the general consensus of, uh, of opinion regarding David Beckham's new club? Well, it looks like they are finally going to uh, finally going to have a club that. Uh, well, I, not, it's not a club. I take it that they will finally uh, fulfill their franchise opportunity, uh, which it's a different thing than a club. Um, the uh, uh, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but uh, that, that it's finally going to uh, going to be a, uh, a go. Um, the uh, the club in Miami uh, that played in the uh, uh, the NASL uh, has now gone. So uh, that league under you know pressure that in most countries would actually be illegal, but you know it it folded. So uh, MLS is the only game in town, and uh, uh, Beckham is talking to uh, Zinedine Zidane about uh, coming in as uh, as manager. So they're right. they're really looking for for star power, and uh-huh. uh, uh, it doesn't hurt that Zidane speaks every language that's spoken in Miami, uh-huh. um, which uh, uh, English is at best the second language language of Miami um, and I don't say that disparagingly it's a you know it's a border town it's a great place it's uh, it's wild it's uh, 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 you know blending together of all kinds of, uh, of different cultures um, so uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, capture the uh, the imagination of, uh, of Miami uh, this will actually be the second uh, second time MLS has been in uh, uh, been in Miami um, but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if this franchise, with the star power that they're bringing in, uh, can, can, can uh, not just get seats, you know, seats uh-huh. sold, but actually people engaged with the game. Have so, they, uh, have they built, built a new ground for it? Uh, I, I don't know exactly what the stands stands standing is with their new, uh, uh, with the new uh, facility. Mm-hmm. Um, they have had six or eight different architectural proposals. Uh, they've had um, the equivalent of planning commission reviews that have been mm-hmm. turned down. Um, my understanding is that this is not signed 
ready to pour concrete, but they are that everything is in principle agreed to that they will be able to have uh, have their own facility uh, for the twenty twenty yeah twenty twenty season. Right. Well, you, you'd like to think the head of recruitment won't have a tough job there, would you? Uh, when you, you know, your owners David Beckham and your manager, you know, potentially Zinedine Zidane. I'm sure if even if Zizi doesn't uh, doesn't go across, uh, the uh, the manager will be somebody of of, of great pull. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't think um, I don't think recruitment's going to be too much of an issue, is it? Especially with the uh, you know the resources and the um, uh, and the and the and the quality of of what I'm sure David Beckham will want to build there in terms of his his upbringing at United and and what you know that I'm sure he'll put in place there um, in terms of the youth and the academy etc cetera, etc. Cetera. What is the is the sort of standard or the the, the uh, is there sort of a uniformed academy system throughout the MLS with the, those kind of clubs? Uh, no, uh, and that's one of the big problems that uh, that U.S. soccer has is that uh, academy systems are still um, uh, officially that they they are not that you're not paying to play, but right. uh, but MLS clubs still operate pay to play uh, uh, play to play youth systems. Uh, FC Dallas uh, last year their revenues were greater from their youth uh, from their youth participation than it was from gate receipts. Right. Um, that. Wow. Uh, Wow. Well, yeah. uh, well, you you have uh, uh, three thousand players paying uh, up, or five thousand players playing upwards of three thousand dollars a season a year. Then, wow. yeah, there yeah. you know that's a fifteen million uh, fifteen million dollar revenue Christ. stream. That's unbelievable. Um, and uh, yeah, there is no, um, there is no uh, still and yet. Uh, um, uh, sort of idea of how to develop a professional footballer in the United States. Uh, and then it's broken up by the university game because, um, and, and most, and I mean most, you know, if you have 18, uh, 18 players in your U18 squad, 16 of them uh, are going to go play for a university. Uh, right, that uh, yeah. you, you will not have more than one or two that sign a professional contract. Uh, mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, Southampton, uh, two years ago at Southampton, they had 17 academy leavers, and four of them went to uh, play university in the United States. One stayed in England, 11 signed professional contracts, not all with Southampton, but they, uh-huh. you know, you had, and that's, you know, that's not atypical of a tier one academy uh-huh. system and, uh-huh. and uh the u.s is is far from that and then part of the problem that they have is teaching education system uh here is broken uh and ussf is just making it more broken um you have to work for an academy to be able to get enter the licensure programs and you have to have the license to be an academy coach um and the federation <laughs> is just there to ensure that no new ideas are entered into the system, uh, that, that they're there to protect wow. people's jobs. Uh, and uh, and if, if anybody at U.S. Soccer wants to debate me on that, give me a call. Uh, you'll get an earful uh, because whether it's intentional or not, that is exactly what they're doing. And wow. the game's really moving backwards in the United States. Uh, you know, youth participation is going down every year, has for the last four years, and it, that, that – decline is accelerating um and that's unfortunate because there's there's such a huge huge market in this country uh there you know the number of players that would just love to play if they had the opportunity but they don't have five thousand dollars they don't have you know ten thousand dollars uh with travel expenses that it uh, that it takes it's crazy Uh, so it's uh it's really becoming very much of a country club sport and that's unfortunate certainly is certainly is um Wayne Rooney, DC United. Uh, how has he taken to the to the MSL MLS? Uh, he's uh, um, it, it's interesting. The uh, the the first week that he was uh, he was here, um, the the consistent rumor is, and this is I I was not there, and I don't know anyone who was. I'm getting this third hand at best. Mm-hmm. Is uh, that he just absolutely blew up at uh, the amateurism and the lackadaisical nature of the training sessions. Right. Um, and uh, that the, the phrase shit soft was tossed around a couple of times. Right. And, 
but he's really seemed to, to have responded to being the one guy who's going to work harder than everybody else, even though he's, he's, you know, he's, what, 32 years old, and he's kind of a high-mileage 32, and he's playing in a hot-weather league for the first time in his life, and he still outworks everybody on the pitch, and that just really seems to suit him. Uh, sure. That he uh, uh, just watching him, he seems to um, maybe not enjoying his football, but he's relishing the he's relishing the the um, uh, the opportunity uh, and and relishing the challenge of it. The the uh, we were we were everyone in England was was talking about and was showing we're looking at the uh, I, I forget who the goal was against, but he, he made an unbelievable sort of sixty yard sprint to make a, a fantastic tackle. Picked yes. himself up and then played a, a sixty-yard <laughs> pass onto a to a Tanner for a header at the back stick. You know, I haven't seen Alexis Sanchez do anything like that yet uh, for Manchester no. United. Um, you know, you know, I'm sure Rooney would probably be bringing more to the table United than, than Sanchez, uh, as we discussed earlier, probably would be. But um, is, is is his profile high now over there? Is is you know is he getting bums on seats at, at DC United? Uh, the uh, MLS will say yes. Um, they uh, they uh, officially every uh, every game at uh, their new uh, the new facility, uh, which had a lot of problems uh, opening. Uh-huh. Uh, guardrails fell off, and you know the guardrails were not attached. The guardrail oh, fell right. from the second uh, second tier and landed on a journalist during a live feed. Uh, oh my that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, they've they've had some issues uh, there, and they are twenty thousand seats. Uh, you know, twenty thousand tickets distributed. I don't think they're getting that many people actually through the gates. But uh, but yeah, there is some buzz about uh, about Rooney here in uh, here in DC, and. Um, and I think that uh, after D.C. United has really been sort of a sad case uh, playing in a stadium that is literally falling apart um, uh-huh. and uh, uh, and not playing, you know, not playing up to the standard of, of MLS, which is not a high standard. And uh, and Rooney has has taken the bit between his teeth. And I think I think that people appreciate that. It, it does seem that they're that he's getting a reaction, not just from his teammates, but uh, a little bit from the broader football community in, uh, uh, in DC. Great. Um, you've, uh, you mentioned before we went on air, you, uh, you would like to have a little chat about a certain, um, a diff- well, not a different type of country, but a country that's, uh, that's not always at the, uh, the forefront of our discussions. Um, go ahead. Yeah, that uh, uh, after uh, after uh, uh, City lost to uh, Olympic Lyon uh, in the the Champions League, and they you know it was at I always want to say at Main Road. Uh, that's how old I am. <laughs> I still say that Man City plays at Main Road. Uh, that uh, you know it was at the Etihad, and uh, it seemed like there was a lot of disparagement of oh well you know it's a French team you know Ligue 1 uh-huh. is nothing blah blah blah. Watch some French football. Uh, the qual- the level of of quality there is very very good. Um, watch Lyon play uh, Olympic Marseille and beat them four two this past week. But uh, I've also seen uh, two of the uh, two of the teams that have uh, recently uh, been promoted, including uh, uh, Reim, who beat Lyon. And wow. this is a team that's just coming up from Ligue 2, and they are playing proper modern possession stylish football um and in a way that you don't see out of a championship squad uh that the the league de squads are actually much closer to the standard of of top of top clubs in europe than a champion you know and the championship is its own it's its own beast it's incredibly difficult to win there i'm not disparaging the championship at all but a really excellent championship side comes into the premier league and they either have to change the way that they play or they get their asses handed to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the career of Neil Warren, you know, you know, he is arguably the best manager ever in the championship. And if he's not the worst manager in the Premier League, he's in the discussion. <laughs> um, and he does a great job at one level, but he's, he, he's not at the next. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. But league, there's a much more – the league, these League 2 teams, you can see them – just growing into the game as they come into uh, to league one, uh, league up, and 
this is something that you know obviously france the the french have produced great footballers over the uh, over the years uh, not sure. just you know this current generation but you know you go back to platini who's you know older than i am uh that you know multiple generations you've had excellent french footballers but not a really strong league uh-huh. and uh uh the league is more than just paris saint-germain and um i you know it would not surprise me to see paris saint-germain not finish you know first or second but uh yeah uh, they could i mean yeah looking at the look at the table now i mean they've started strong haven't they but you know the the, the likes of, of Lyon are down in sixth, Marseille in fifth. You got Toulouse, Montpellier, Lille, um, all make up the top four, and then you know, Monaco are down in sixteenth. Monaco, they've only and and watched Monaco this weekend, and they uh, uh, they played uh, uh, they played well, and they were outplayed. Uh, right. That uh, they they were at they just you know Radamel uh, not Rod, uh, uh yeah. Uh, uh, Falcao was was he was not dominant. They didn't get the service. Uh, their opposition held the ball. We were able to to spread the uh, uh, spread things out, slow things down when they needed to. Um, uh, and you know, and Monaco are a good side. Uh, mm. But yeah, they've they've lost. I think six on the bounce in all competitions now, or not uh, lost. They they have they've failed to win six on the bounce, seven mm. on the bounce in all competitions. Wow. Well, I'll um, I'll certainly have to. Uh, you'll have to give me a nudge when there's a, a game on, and um, I'll take a look at uh, the, the French league. Uh, uh, certainly, one for as a neutral. It's it's good. It's good football to watch as a mm. as a neutral. It's uh, uh, you, and you'll also see some players that you'll you can you can say, wow, you know, that kid's yeah, only yeah. twenty two. He uh, he can step into the Premier League and play. Uh, he could he could be somebody that you're going to be you know reading headlines about in three or four years, uh, world headlines. Uh, are they your team then, Reims, R E I M S? Uh, no, but I was very uh, I was very impressed with them, and they have a left back uh, named uh, Conan, who I believe is from Cote d'Ivoire, uh, who uh, uh, was uh, he wasn't Andrew Robinson, but he Robertson, but he was very close. Uh, oh. He was and that same type of player. He was uh, okay. uh, delivered excellent crosses, got forward, and would smash you if you came down his wing. Uh, just you know, proper. Uh, Play. Proper fallback, proper mm-hmm. fallback, dying art, isn't it? Yep. Um, fantastic. Okay. Uh, well, into our into our final um, focus of our four, uh, which is the English Premier League. Um, six games in. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna discuss uh, our our best eleven of the opening uh, opening six games. Um, I've gone with a four-three-three formation. Have you have you got yours written down, Harry? Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm I'm talking talking. Uh, okay. But, uh, but I, I think I have a pretty uh, pretty clear idea. Okay. Um, well, do you want to do you want to make t- take the lead with the goalkeeper? Uh, goalkeeper. It's a tough one because I think there have been two outstanding goalkeepers uh, thus far. That they're each of their respective teams would be in some you know, more trouble than they are if they, uh, if, if they weren't there. And it's David uh-huh. De Gea and Petr Cech. Uh, uh-huh. And, uh, uh, you know, Cech has gotten, you know, people have said, oh, well, he doesn't work with his feet the way the modern goalkeeper Gotta No, Petr Cech does fine. Thank you very much. And if it was not for Czech, Arsenal would be in full-on crisis right now. And so while I think De Gea is, is, is just about there, I, I say Petr Cech, six games in, is the best keeper in the, uh, in the Premier League. Okay, yeah, great, good shout. I, I, I went with De Gea, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. I think he's, I think you could say over the last four seasons, he, you know, he's, he's dug United out of a whole heap of, um, of doggy mm-hmm. do at times. Um, and, and I think they're very, very lucky to have the best goalkeeper in the world or one of very, you know, certainly in the, in the top two or three best goalkeepers in the world, although he didn't mm-hmm. have a great World Cup, did he? Um, he certainly started the season in the same form as he finished the last one for United, and I think he's been he's been outstanding. I agree with Czech. Um, okay, he's not he's not Edison with his feet, but he's he's one of those rare things as a goalkeeper who can use his hands. Um, I've actually been quite impressed with 
um, Lucas Fabianski at, at West Ham. Every mm-hmm. time I've seen him this season, he's, he seems to have started really well and looks dead comfortable and um, and assured. Um, I know, obviously, West Ham haven't had a, a very good start to the season under, under Pellegrini, but... Um, I don't think you could really fault Fabianski, and I think he, I think he's a decent signing, to be honest. I think that uh, a, a friend of mine who's a goalkeeper coach has uh, always said the scoreline doesn't tell you uh, if the goalkeeper had a good game or not. A, a, a mm. great game for a goalkeeper is make every save that you're supposed to and get get to two that you're not supposed to get to. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fabianski did that when uh, four went past him. Uh, in the Liverpool match mm-hmm. that, 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 I mean, that game, it easily could have been seven or eight mm-hmm. uh, with a, with an, a yeoman like performance in goal that, but uh, Fabianski was, he was really, he was really excellent. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I think he deserves a mention, but uh, yeah, I've gone with David De Gea. Um, right back. I'll, I'll, I'll lead on the right back. I saw scratch my head. Nobody really jumped out. I saw, I've gone for Kieran Trippier, who I think has taken on his form from the World Cup. He looks an assured, uh, a, a complete and, 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 a, and a very strong um, uh, attacking, obviously, modern-day fullback. Um, I think, obviously, Carl Walker comes into the, to, to the thought process as well there. Um, uh, Aspadaqueta at Chelsea is a player that I, I think the world of. I think he's outstanding. He's a, he's a throwback to your old old-fashioned pro. Um, so I think he certainly could do, you know, deserves a mention. But I've gone with Kieran Trippier right back, or have you indeed gone for a right back, Harry? Or have you? Uh... I, 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 you know, I, I'm of the same same mind. Nobody really jumps out at me, uh, mm-hmm. and I think I, I think I edge it to uh, to Kyle Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, because of, uh, I think Trippier defensively, the last time I saw Tottenham, and I cannot remember uh, which uh, which match this was that I was really taking notes on him, not, not as solid as I'd like to. But I don't think there's mm-hmm. a great right back in the, uh, uh, in the English game right now. But there are a lot of very good ones. Um, mm-hmm. I think but defensively, you know, Tri- uh, 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 Alexander-Arnold uh, would yeah, be yeah, in so, mix. Uh-huh. Um, but again, defensively, uh, if if he doesn't have James Milner in front of him, I'm I would be I'd be very concerned about mm-hmm. the uh, about the uh, the wingers coming. Um, but uh, you know, against Paris Saint Germain, Milner very boringly smashed uh, Neymar, <laughs> and then Neymar just really said, "I, I don't want to play anymore." Absolutely. Uh, and so uh, Alexander Arnold then had uh, freedom of the park. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Um, so I've gone trip. You've gone. Uh, you've gone Walker um, across to left back. Gone. Who's, who's got your? Uh, who's got your vote? Uh, I've got to go with the. I've got to go with the Scotsman there. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I have as well. 100. And it, it, it's yes, it's sentimentality, but you know what? I can also i i can I can justify it. Yeah, uh, you know, he defends. He he he'll he gets into the midfield. He goes around. He if he if he does if if he's forward and Liverpool lose possession, it doesn't matter if the ball comes down his flank or not. Watch him off of the ball. Uh-huh. He is you know at a dead run until Virgil Van Dyke says, "Okay, we've got it." Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he 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 uh, uh, he does what uh, I think that Jurgen Klopp is now asking of the, the squad of what Bill Shankly asked of the squad uh, when you put on the shirt 50 years ago, mm-hmm. justify your inclusion. Absolutely. And Robertson is out there playing as if every match might be the last time he has the privilege of putting on the Liverpool shirt. Absolutely. He's, he's, up, he's, he's squeezing every last drop of, of what he can um, to ensure that he plays as many games as he can for that football club. And it's you know, mm-hmm. been made captain of Scotland. And I think that's a, it's a fantastic story, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, centre-backs, go on. Um, I'll, I'll go first on my first centre-back. Uh, I think you've just mentioned him. Virgil van Dijk looks an absolute beast and and at the very top of his game. And I think he's got to be in the... In the in the in the discussions of, of the, the top centre halves in the world at the moment, I I really think so. I think that uh, uh, and the other thing is I I almost feel just watching him he he looks like he has another gear. Uh-huh. Um, 
I watched him train with Southampton just two summers ago, I guess, summer of 2000, preseason of 2016, and watched him train with Southampton, and he was, he was the best with the ball at his feet. James Ward-Prowse was not as good with his ball at his feet as, as he was. He was the best forward. He was the best, you know, best striker, best finisher. Better than Charlie Austin, better than Shane Long. You know, yeah. that everything that, you know, I felt like if you had to put gloves on him, he'd have been the best goal. <laughs> he, he just, you know, he looked like a Premier League player playing with a good conference team. He was that much better than everybody else. And, uh, and, now, that, and now that he's gotten, he sort of understands what is going on at Liverpool. Liverpool understand what's going on with him. I think that, uh, that right now he is, if he's not the best center half in the world, I, I don't know who's better. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, next door, who have you gone for in next door, I've, I've, and and again, you know, this is maybe some sentimentality, but I do think of center halves as uh, as pairs, and I give the edge to Joe Gomez because uh, Gomez is, I think, he's a great partner for, uh, or has been thus far through six games for uh, for Van Dyke. Um, he uh, uh, and what really kind of I was thinking uh, probably Vertonghen, and the mm-hmm. reason that I edged it to Gomez was watching Gomez come on. Uh, this uh, this past weekend, when Van Dyke took a knock, uh, sat down, Gomez came and partnered uh, Joel Matip, and he he looked comfortable. He looked, you know, possessed of himself. He you know, and he did everything that you need a center back to do in the modern uh, in the modern game. And I did not expect that, to be honest with you. No. So no. just basically because of that thirty minutes, I, I edge him over Vertonghen. Yeah, I, I, you know that's that's a great shout. I've actually gone John Stones um, only because I, I just I'm a I'm a Stones fan. When I've seen him play this season, on a mm-hmm. couple of occasions he's he, he's done well, um, and and I and I I'm just you know I, I really like what he's about. I, I think you know Harry Maguire perhaps deserves a little bit of a mention as well. You know I know he's on the back of a good World Cup, um, mm-hmm. but perhaps I just think Stones is 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 real I think in the next two or three years he will really become that Rio Ferdinand type player for me um, perhaps not defensively quite as good as what Ferdinand was at his, at his prime but I, I do think he'll become one of the best in the in the country without a shadow of a doubt if he isn't already yeah I I, I can't argue with uh, with Stones there at, uh, at all and um, just an interesting, an interesting note about uh, John Stones because I, uh, I had uh, mentioned him. I don't think I had him in the best eleven, but I think I'd given him like an honorable mention uh, in a previous series of Football and Focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you and Wardy both gave me a little bit of stick about it. Right. I've never seen John Stones play poorly. Mm-hmm. I have seen highlights of him just having howlers of games. Every time mm-hmm. I've watched that man play a match, he's been outstanding. Uh-huh. And so I'm starting to think, you know, Stonesy needs to call me up and fly me to Manchester <laughs> and every match I need to be in the stands because I definitely, I, 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 you know, it would be worth it for him because he, I've never seen him, uh, uh, you know, play anything less than a seven out of 10 yeah, and yeah. The, the best games in his career. I think I've watched them all. Well, keep your phone on. You never know, do you? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, midfield, uh, what, 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 what have you gone for in there? Um, midfield's kind of, uh, uh, kind of, uh, tough for me because I think that, uh, that there have been a lot of, a very, I, I think there have been a lot of very solid performances, uh, in, in midfield, uh, from, from a lot of different players. I think there, I really haven't seen that much that I'd say, oh, that's outstanding. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, and so because of that, my, my first mention is going to be the most boring player ever to play the game who just does the things that you need him to do. Yes. I'm going with another Liverpool the table, so you can't really argue with that, but James Milner, uh, he, he hasn't been outstanding. He's just done everything. He doesn't do much. He just does the right things. He's in the, he's, uh, uh, he's, he's really been sound. Uh, and so, uh, so he'd be my, my pick there my first midfielder is James Milner that's uh, we haven't spoken about this before honest to god it's written down in front of me James Milner I think he's been the best player in the Premier League this season so far he's been the best I've seen he's he's better now than he was 15 years ago when he seems to have been you know I think he was 25 then um 
and he's still only 32. You know, I, I think he's been mm-hmm. outstanding. He's been a real heartbeat for Liverpool. Um, he, he looks fitter, he looks stronger, he looks better than ever. Um, you've got all those attacking players and he's still the player you go to to take a penalty. You know, that speaks volumes, I think. Yeah. Um, he's, he's Mr. Dependable and Liverpool got him on a free transfer. That's a scary thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Milner was 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 my first player. I've all, I've gone in there for uh, Ruben Neves. Um, I think Wolves have come up, um, continued to play a brilliant style of football. I think they went to Old Trafford on Saturday and dominated that game um, and should have, by all accounts, got something out of it. And I think he's real heartbeat behind their play. Um, he's got an unbelievable range of passing. He makes them tick. And, and, and when I've seen him this year, I think he's been outstanding. Hmm. Um, I've, I've uh, only seen a little bit of, uh, of Neves and I, I, he's certainly been impressive, but uh, that I've seen, but I haven't, uh, I'll, I'll definitely uh, pay more attention to, to him and, and try to watch a, a full, you know, six or full 90 minutes uh-huh. of, uh, of a Wolves, uh, of a Wolves match. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, the, the next player that, uh, that I, that I go with has, you know, and maybe shouldn't, uh, because he's been, I think he's been a little bit, uh, a little bit up and well, he has been uh, up and down and, and is now, uh, now injured. Uh, but Henrik Mkhitaryan, who I think is, has really, uh, if, if Arsenal are turning around and they seem to be, uh, that the work that he's doing. I think I think he's somebody who makes the players uh, around him better again, um, and yeah. I think he was badly used at uh, at Manchester United. He's been a player that I've, I watched in Germany and and thought he was uh, excellent. So maybe maybe I'm thinking back to that, but but I do see no, has, I flashes yeah, of has, that yeah. and starting to get uh, uh, starting to get Arsenal to uh, to tick over a little bit. Yeah, certainly can't can't argue with that. He's been good when I've seen him, um, and it's quite. It's quite ironic, isn't it, that he's uh, he was the one who went from United to in the in this in the Sanchez deal, and it's not worked, you know, the other way around. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, good shout. Um, my third midfielder, I've gone sort of four three three. Um, third midfielder is, is a player who's who's just taken a step up into the Premier League. He, he was signed by. By Leicester City, and he's been outstanding uh, form so far. Is James Madison? I don't know if you've seen much of him. Uh, I haven't seen much of him, and what I've seen again, I've, I've been, I have been really impressed. He's, yeah, he's, he's been creative. Mm. He's a uh, uh, you know, great range of passing. He uh, he he works hard, and um, I think that the quality of passing forward is is really important in uh, in in that squad because. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jamie Vardy has a lot of tools. Uh, a great first touch isn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to lay the ball where Vardy can use the tools in his tool bag, is there's a subtlety to that that I think is, uh, is maybe not appreciated by the, by, the average, uh, by the average fan. He doesn't just play Vardy. He plays Vardy where Vardy can hurt somebody. Yeah, definitely. It's a good shot. And, and for him to have hit the ground running as he has – you know, coming down from the, uh, sorry, coming up from the, the championship is, is, is a credit to, you know, the, 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 the quality of the player, I think. And uh, I think he's going to have a fantastic season for Leicester. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who have you going for as your next, uh, as your next player? Uh, going with, uh, going with one of the favorites in Golo Conte, uh, who had a, yeah. had a great summer, um, who, uh, you know, he's, he's just, he's such a great character to have on a, uh, on, on a, uh, on a club. He's, he's been pushed out of his favorite position by, uh, by Sari. Uh, uh-huh. and I think that, uh, I don't, the great things that people are saying about, uh, 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 Jorginho, who's, you know, obviously a tremendous footballer. I don't think he's as good as Conte. Conte's uh-huh. playing in a little bit of a, of a unfamiliar role, uh, and has just gotten about doing the business. Uh, uh-huh. And he does, he does what N'Golo Kante does and just gives you everything on the, uh, uh, on the field. Um, yeah, and again, going, back to, going back to a theme, talking about Luka Modric, uh, uh, somebody who, who makes the players around him better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got absolutely no arguments, arguments there. Three players left. Have you, um, have you gone for three up top or...? Uh, first of uh, first of the three, uh, uh, Eden Hazard. 
um, who yeah, same. Uh, has been, he's, he's kind you know, he's, it, it seems like he's an every other year kind of, uh, kind of player, mm-hmm. but it really seems yeah. like this, you know, like he's, he's putting it, uh, putting it all together, uh, Absolutely. putting it all together right now. Yeah. He's, he's my, he's on my right wing. Uh, although, you know, he'd go and play central and, and anywhere he wanted to go and play, he's been outstanding and he's, as you say, he seems to have bit between his teeth, fancies it this mm-hmm. season. And, um, and has been has been outstanding for Chelsea in the opening six games. Definitely, um, it's penultimate player for me. Um, I've gone with Lucas Moura at Tottenham. Um, <laughs> That's it, it, it. We're not, you know, we're not making the, not making this up. I would not have thought that, and I was thinking I probably shouldn't say Lucas Moura, but I really like the way that he plays. I, I really <laughs> oh, yeah. do, and maybe he's not one of the best three right now, but he's kind of one of my three. He's, yeah, yeah, he is kind great. of one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, uh, you know, he's not sure he's the right foil for Harry Kane. He, he plays very differently than Deli Ali does, but uh, but yeah, he just brings something to the table that I, you know, I just I just feel like he's. Yeah, he's always just on the br- and he, you know, and he has he has uh, he has played well. You know, it's not yes, uh, yes, um, yeah. I mean, I saw him in the game. I think he scored two, um, and and his movement and his he was just clever. What the way he, you know he, he found space and was bright and and he, and his touch look look it just looks like he's got a touch of class for me. And uh, I think he's a, I think he, he he sort of found his feet last season, and, and I think this year I think he'll kick on and. He seems like he's dislodged, as you say, Deli Ali a little bit from that from that role. Um, whether he's whether he's he's as effective as Ali, um, and whether you can get Ali and him in the same side remains to be seen. But um, mm-hmm. I, do, I do like him. I think I'm a I'm a big Deli Ali fan as well. Um, so I'd like I hope it isn't a case of of Nora or Ali, and then they can mm-hmm. and, and they can somehow be crowbarred yeah. into the, the Tottenham team, but. And we'll you see. would think that they would be able to, because more like what you know, like you you've said, he he's very clever. Uh, he finds mm-hmm. space um, in a way that uh, that Deli Alley is a is a he's he's a little bit more of a uh, of uh, and I I don't say this disparagingly. He relies a little bit more on his athleticism uh, mm-hmm. and just overpowers uh, people with the uh, with the quality of his runs and. Sure. Um, and Mora, I think at times almost looks a little bit lazy and just sort of stands and drifts and the game just sort of goes away where he now has space. And then he mm-hmm. takes, you know, they get, get him the ball and he explodes. Yeah, so, yeah, good, good shout. Um, and center forward gone. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you say your, uh, your uh, center forward. Center forward, uh, going with, uh, Cunicuero, uh, mm-hmm. who, uh, is, uh, uh, even though I'm not completely convinced he's quite at his best, he's not quite fresh. Uh, still, he's uh, he's just such a force to be reckoned with. And uh, Cardiff City, who I you know again I don't think are a particularly good club. I I feel like he he, he sort of stopped playing after ten or fifteen minutes because it was almost like this is unfair. Uh, he he showed mercy on them the way that he would expect him to you know if he was playing against a U sixteen side he uh, he has so much class he is such a great finisher uh-huh. um, that just on his finishing alone if there's nothing else you have to have a player like uh, oh, have to have a player like that I actually think he's underrated in this country I don't think he's spoken about anywhere near as highly or as 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 lauded as he should be I, I think he's He's got to be close to be one of, if not the the best Premier League striker of all time. I know we've we've had the likes of, of Shearer and Rooney and Henri and Van Nistelrooy, etc., etc. We've gone for ages, but I think his his record and his goal scoring and, and and he always seems to pop up. And what he's done for Manchester City, he can't be far away. I mean, I had him written down and I actually scribbled his name out because I. I I, I can't disagree with him, but I actually went for Mitrovic because I just think he's he scored, you know, scored five goals in you know a decent Fulham side. Um, mm-hmm. But for somebody who's unproven, if you like, in the Premier League, I thought Newcastle were quite quick. I didn't realise how young he was um, until a short while ago. I think he's still only twenty two, twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a physical player who. 
I think he'll score the goals this season, which will certainly keep Fulham safe. I don't think they're anywhere. I don't think they're anywhere near really a, a team that will, will struggle anyway. I, I think they've got too much quality, and I think there are mm-hmm. too many other teams that aren't that haven't got the quality they've got. But I think he's he's a good player for me, and I think he's he's one who will be. 10, 15 goals come the end of the season, and uh, and, and I'm I'm really surprised that Newcastle um, Newcastle let him go as easily and as quickly as they did. And I think that uh, that the for again for as far as importance for uh, for a uh, for a team that Fulham mm-hmm. has as as you know they are a pretty well balanced side. They 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 mm-hmm. play pretty decent football, but without somebody to bang in a dozen for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could it could be at the end of the season. My God, how did we only get thirty four points when we're going back Absolutely. down? But and I mean, I think they, you know, with that twelve goals, sixteen mm-hmm. goals, you know, wherever he ends up, they're going to be in the mid forties and safe yeah. and thinking, well, maybe next year we can add a couple of players and uh, challenge for Europe. Definitely, and he's got five in six games already, so you know he's well on yeah. his way. So. so yeah, he's he's yeah he's he's getting there quickly. So decent. Well, I think my team would probably win two one just. Um, but uh, no, no, we, we were fairly similar, similar with the uh, yeah, yeah, uh, which I'm, I'm uh, a little, a little. I think we're, I think we're watching different matches on a sure weekend, so mm-hmm. uh, but we're coming up with a lot of the same names, so absolutely. So, uh, so that's us, uh, for this episode. Um, thanks for joining us. You can, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at F in F podcast. Um, Please leave us your thoughts and any questions you've got. Uh, we're hoping in the next few weeks to uh, to get some guests on and uh, pick their brains a little bit and, and have a chat with them. Um, but uh, thanks for listening, and uh, and we'll we'll uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of Football in Focus.